0: Hey, I'm Jack. And I'm Chad. And if you're listening to this podcast, you may be wondering, where can I get my hands on the rulebook to this amazing game they're playing?
1: Well, you're in luck because Legends, the superhero role-playing game, is now available for purchase on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, Chapters Indigo, select comic and game stores, and even off our website, www.matchplaygames.ca.
0: So if you've ever dreamt of battling injustice, pick up a copy of Legends, the superhero role-playing game. The world can always use another superhero.
2: Okay, we are recording.
1: Hello! I just got really nervous and I was like, oh my god, I didn't prep an adventure for today. (laughs)
2: Holy shit! We're not doing an adventure today. I
3: I did bring dice in my character sheet, just in case.
2: Mm. Just for reference.
3: (laughs) No, honestly, just in case, like, I was completely off on what we were doing tonight.
1: Um, It is just Emily chad jack and daniel here tonight amanda has quit the podcast whoa (laughs) that's not
3: true uh just wait for her character death with her not here
2: Oof. Eh, actually she died
3: off screen
0: (gasps) oh oh dear
2: we love you amanda hope
0: you're having a good show tonight yeah yeah, she's she's off being a professional
2: actor things
0: paid actor things yeah
2: like two blocks from here actually yeah
1: actually like really close to here
2: (laughs) So anyway. What you're saying is she
1: could have made it if she was really committed. I remembered the story I was going to tell. I don't know if that made it into the episode of last time. But no, I, it hasn't I,
2: happened yet because that was in our last recording session where we recorded future episodes. Exactly. That's right.
1: So the last recording, I talk about a, a story that I had, I had, I had prepped and and wanted to, to talk about, and <laughs> I remembered it. what it was. And oh, the time's not right to say it. I'll, I'll I'll come up. I need to get myself more mad about it. I need to think about vertical it more.
2: pizza. Okay, so
1: shit, that really got me right. That actually got me like right into it. Okay, that's Jack's
0: code word.
1: I might have actually told this. This actually goes back to maybe I just have a thing about stupid food because this is is a stupid food story. Um, shit, what a fucking idiot. Okay, so uh, not me. The person I'm going to talk about. Um, maybe I've already told the story. Have I told the about the the knife the knife sharpening? No. Uh, when, I, when I was living no in New the Zealand? big
3: ones you've talked about are vertical pizza and. S- anything to do with crash crawlies.
2: Yeah. yeah okay. The, the
1: kid with no hand. <laughs> I hope he's doing well. He probably <laughs> is. Okay. Anyways, okay. So when I used to work at. Um, a visual effects company in New Zealand, the only visual effects company in New Zealand. Um, <laughs> every... I heard it was
0: really wet in New Zealand. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, oh, this is another thing. I, I watched a video, a YouTube video. Just you tell like, us, you tell couple... stories like your
0: mom. He you realized that. I, hold right? on,
1: hold on. I, I, and the guy, this is a great podcast talking, episode. Jack's um,
2: telling a rambling story, and you're insulting his of mother. Rings, and he
1: was like, <laughs> he was something. like, and they had these great special effects by Weta, and I was like. He was referring to the Lord of the Rings behind the scenes. And I'm like, I'm dog, I am a hundred percent sure they say Weta several times throughout that. And you still mucked the pronunciation. Weta, anyways. So, working at Weta, there's this guy who every single day without fail would come out into the kitchen and he would grab a knife from the magnetic knife strip. And then he would search around the kitchen for where the knife sharpener was. And he would do this crazy ass chef, like, like. And I, I'm not even joking. You do like three to five minutes and sharpen this knife, sharpen this knife. And uh, you see like on on like TV, you see seen chefs like sharpen knife. It's like what, like three or four, like and then it's sharp, right? It's good because the knives are actually sharp. They're just trying to like get a little little bonus, right? It's this showy. Guy, fucking sharpening for like three to five minutes. So it's either it, it, at this point, it either becomes creepy or you're like. He learned how to do this and really wants somebody to talk to him about this. Right. (laughs) So he's gone. He's going and going and going and going. I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm like the only person in the kitchen. I'm just kind of watching in the corner of my eye. I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) Like this is like the third or fourth day he's done it. Um, And usually by this time, like other people um, come into the kitchen. I don't really see like what he ends up making or what he ends up doing. But he goes over to the fridge and he opens up the fridge and he takes out his uh like tupperware and it's kind of opaque around the side so i can't see what's in it and now i'm really interested i'm like what the fuck is this like gonna be like a leather boot or something that he needs to cut through or something
3: please tell me it's soup
1: i'm not joking he (laughs) takes out one single already peeled hard-boiled egg cuts (laughs) it in half And then puts the knife in the sink (laughs) and he's done with it. I was like, bro, that is not a real thing that just happened. And I started watching. He would do this every single day, every single day. And then he would put an inordinate amount of mayonnaise, like so that you couldn't even see the egg anymore. And I was like, bro, that's got to be the stupidest way. And also probably like really shortening the knife's lifespan to try and sharpen it for like three to five minutes. And then every single day. No, but he did it for a long fucking time. Fair. Yeah. One time when I was in the kitchen, like I was warming up, and speaking of soup, um, Hannah used to make this really, really good soup, and I would warm it up and it'd take about three minutes to warm up. I'd do it for like a minute stirred up, a minute stirred up, a minute stirred up. Because it was like it was really thick. Jack's story's soup. And taking he was longer still
2: sharpening this, while I was heating it up. This my story's taking longer than the guy sharpened his knife. Exactly. <laughs> but
3: there happens to be a question about this coming up, so What? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Anyway, we're doing a Q&A episode. He, uh, yeah. he actually sent
1: in a question. What I thought about his knife sharpening skills. I thought it was dumb. Thought it was Anyway, bad. so yes, we are doing a Q&A session.
2: Uh, yeah. Q&A session. And we're going to do some uh, exciting announcements and housekeeping stuff at the end. So,
0: First of all, thank listen. you, everybody who sent in <laughs> questions. And thank yes. you for uh, continuing to listen to Legends' uh, superhero story. Uh, we're just going to be pretty informal. And uh, first off, Jack, why don't you... Uh,
2: Jack, pick a question. Pick
1: a question. Okay, I'm just going to go...
2: You're going in order, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I'm just going to go in order.
2: That was going to be random.
1: Okay, fine. I'll make your random then. Um, kind of like the first question, though. Not gonna lie. Okay,
2: go, 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 go. Okay.
1: What were you expecting to learn in the flashbacks? Uh, did they do what you wanted them to? Were there any surprises in them? Oh, spoilers for the storm and smoke and mirrors here. I don't actually think we got any smoke and mirrors question. Mainly... Storm and No, Genera. there's some
2: like character creation questions. So, like, I think that they're it's kind of generalized, general yeah. questions. Yeah. Okay. But yeah,
1: yeah. What were you expecting to learn in the flashbacks? Did they do what you wanted them to? Were there any surprises?
2: But he just put the microphone down. Apparently, he's not answering. Is that that. The most
1: polite mic drop ever. He like yeah.
2: dropped the actual microphone. I would throw him out the window? Well, I'm not
1: asking myself the question. I, I, I'm...
2: i What? Okay, yeah, but I think you can still contribute to the answer here in this well, conversation. You can do it first.
3: I'm trying to remember what I wanted from my flashbacks, to be honest.
2: You wanted to have a buddy named Gary. Gary?
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, the real surprise, I think, in my flashback was the fact that uh, the kids ended up on the... Uh...
2: <laughs> that wasn't even part of the flashback, but yes, but we're always around. It was that, great.
3: That was... Great. Honestly, me being me, surprise surprise, I wanted to make it a little bit darker and a little bit more heavy. It just didn't go in that direction. And like after recording, I'm like, "You know what? I'm kind of okay with that." Totally fair. Um
0: I was just I was really hoping for um some closure on uh on on the whole United thing and um understanding what happened uh way back when, when uh, with the device in his chest and and that sort of thing. Um, it was pretty emotional. The, the ending with, um, with surge in the, uh, in the, the elderly, elderly folks home. Um, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. It was, uh, it, it was, it felt very, very, uh, close. I don't know if that makes any sense, but yeah.
2: I think your flashback particularly is a good example of like, I think it was like a really short episode when I had finished editing it and I was like, oh, it's real short, but like. Like it ended where it needed to. Like it made sense. I think.
3: Absolutely, no, no, for sure. I think out of all of them, yours was probably my favorite.
0: Oh, well, thank you. I think think all of no, that includes mine. Here, here, Daniel, have an Oreo. Um, (laughs) No, it's it's cool because you have. I mean, you have an idea of of your character, and and Jack does a really good job of, you know, going back and forth with stuff. Um, And I honestly had felt the character, you know, united or atomic if he ever came in contact with the person who did that to to united his his first inclination would be you know to kill him to but in the moment like again it was just it just felt it felt very real and when i say like close it was that wasn't we always try we always talk about you know um off off microphone or whatever out of game you know we're we're trying to do big cinematic moments and to me that was a, just a really small Close intimate. Moment. it was intimate. like an yeah, intimate, intimate moment, moment. That's the word. Yeah. yeah so yeah I, I loved my flashback scene
2: yeah um i worked really hard with jack on my flashback just because i felt like it was a really interesting um i thought all the flashbacks were really interesting to see who these people were as individuals or are as individuals um were they're all dead now no um but i think it, it uh like we had I I had things that I, I wanted to happen and it, like I wanted it to be the, the the Kyle strong arm reconnection and like a couple other things that we talked about um, that Jack did a really good job of making sure everything was incorporated. So it's kind of like they're like a flashback like that is kind of a cool storytelling device. In the fact that like it's enough time, I think, like a three year gap, like no one's back, no one's flashback backed up immediately against where we were at. So there was a lot of freedom still in it. Like, it wasn't like, oh, this needs to happen for this, for ABC to happen afterwards. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I, like, we wanted some snippets of what had happened in the three and a bitty years. Uh, we wanted some closure on some stuff. We wanted some lesson learned on other things. Um, but also eight episodes just in space would have been really fucking boring. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Fair. no but honestly like using it as a narrative and storytelling device i really intrigued me um also before we even had done any of it somebody called it out in the discord and i was like god damn it somebody was like my predictions for this arc is like they're gonna do like some flashbacks and stuff and i was like shit man on, can you do, <laughs> Doing are you our Discord for notes? all like, of the, guess- the
2: guessing yeah
3: <laughs> this is just our homage to like star trek voyager or something like that yeah
2: <laughs> yeah so. i'm gonna do a question hey Jack. I got a question for you. Uh, how much of arc one, so the origins arc, will get called back into the season finale? Or like, I guess the final arc. Um, any teasers of what OG fans can expect?
1: Um, That's kind of spoilery.
2: Very yeah, spoilery. Uh, uh, Daniel wants to know. I'm
1: gonna, all right. So the next hour and a half is just going to be me telling exactly what's going to happen in the final arc. Um, if you don't want to hear that, it's, just stop listening. No,
2: it's this is an improv improv show. No. It's um, gotta have some imp- Oh no,
1: I've actually written full scripts for it. So oh, excellent, we're, we're great, all cool. on the rails this arc.
2: No. Um I
1: plan to do some callbacks. I plan to do some I want to do some uh callbacks. I want to do some closure of little bits of loose ends here and there from across all the arcs. I would like to wrap it up in one complete Nice package. Um, I don't know how successful that will that be because it is a improvisational based, um, podcast. Um, but yeah, um, hopefully enough things will come back that it feels satisfying, but not enough that it feels like it's just uh wishy washy and it's just all callbacks. It's, it's not going to be a Force Awakens, is my, I was, is my just, hope. I was
0: just oh. going to say. <laughs> <Yikes>. <laughs> That's my hope. I was just going to
1: say, yeah. I uh, hope you
0: don't JJ Abrams it. Yeah. Yikes. JJ, if you want to come and do a movie of the the Dynamos, that'd <laughs> you're be welcome awesome. to.
3: Can we put a lens flare in an audio medium?
2: <laughs> no, but we could sit here and just do da, 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 for a whole arc, probably. That hasn't
3: come up in a long time.
2: I find myself just in my regular life going, duh.
0: i got got one uh is there a podcast that you drew inspiration of when we started this podcast i i have one for sure which is adventure zone
1: yeah uh adventure zone is a big one um though i actually i never even finished the Adventure Zone second campaign which i was enjoying more than the first campaign (gasps) i gotta be honest um but honestly and i think uh, can i can i clarify that I think the adventure
0: zone for me, it was because of the vibe.
2: Yes. It it was
0: just, it was just, it's just so loose and they obviously care about each other and you know, they, they poke each other and, and have fun with each other and no one takes it personally. And it's just a good time. I mean, you know, there's certainly play pretty fast and loose with the rules and stuff, but um, it's just that, that atmosphere is what I liked.
1: Yeah. And I mean, as far as, as far as inspiration goes, that kind of atmosphere is perfect. Um, I think like conscious inspiration. Yes, definitely. Unconscious inspiration. We probably take inspiration from literally everything we consume media wise. Yeah, like, for sure. I, I distinctly remember when um, I was kind of writing out details of the origins plus broker arc. I was rewatching. Oh, actually, I think I was actually watching it for the first time. I was watching, uh, marvel's daredevil the netflix show the first time through and like a lot of that like kind of like save the city save like street level stuff i really wanted like the old plan was always to kind of like go street level and go up from there um but like a lot of inspiration from that so like really taking inspiration from like all the comics all the media and everything but the adventure zone atmosphere wise definitely one um that we all took inspiration from
2: yeah yeah i i love the adventure zone and i i would consider us closest to their vibe like out of like the big actual play shows that i can think of um like to me at least like critical role is very much like like they're playing dungeons and dragons um if that if as opposed to like telling a story if that makes sense like there's no, there's well, no I mean, like... they're still
1: telling a story, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: but I like I was listening to um, Exandria Unlimited and I really felt like it was like it felt more like a home game in the fact that it wasn't like we have we are we are driving towards an end goal of like the story. It felt like the players had a little bit more freedom to like do literally whatever the fuck they wanted, as opposed to like everyone working together to write down a story, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, fair. Mm -hmm.
2: Whereas, like, Adventure Zone, I feel like they are all, like, and they don't fuck around on Critical Role either, or, like, try to fuck over their DM, but, like, I feel like on Adventure Zone, they're very much more, like, story-driven, as opposed to um, exploration and combat-driven. Yeah. If that makes sense. Those are the three pillars of roleplay I learned the other day, is uh, exploration, roleplay, and combat, so...
1: That's from the Player's Handbook. I honestly yep. actually would not know the comparison between Critical Role and Stone because I've never once seen an episode of Critical Role.
2: I've listened to half of Exandria Unlimited, but it, it's, they're very long episodes, so it's hard to digest, I find.
1: So we could be completely talking out of our asses, is what we're saying. This is
2: also true, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I've listened to none of these, so... Well... There we go.
3: It, actually, it, it's kind of funny, the fact, like, number one, I barely listen to podcasts as is. And I definitely, like, it's just not in my rotation and I barely have time to watch or listen to the things I want to watch or listen to. Yeah,
2: that's fair.
3: unfortunately, things like Critical Role and Adventure Zone just aren't high on that priority list for me right now.
2: That's fair.
1: Adventure Zone is definitely the podcast I have listened uh, the most of. The Crit Show is another one that I really enjoyed. They play Powered by the Apocalypse ones. Um, I haven't listened to them in years, but that would probably the um, GMing style of Rev the... Um, GM on Crit Show. He's a fantastic GM. And I probably learned a lot from him from listening um to him, especially because Powered by the Apocalypse games are much more like story kind of driven as well. Um, But then like the other podcasts I've listened to are like 99% Invisible Myths and Legends lore. So like yeah. not a lot of inspiration coming from there. I really have a big love of like cryptids and monsters and um that type of stuff. And I don't know if that shows through in the podcast at all. I mean this is more superhero based. <laughs> but yeah. Um I feel like I'm rambling a little bit. Let's Yeah, see on we of questions here. We do. A
2: three three pages round. worth. Uh, Rapid Fire. Thank you okay. everybody
1: for sending your yes, questions. thank you so much. Yeah,
3: this one's probably going to be quick. Uh Hey, Emily. Yeah, what's up? When are we getting uh when are we getting back being confronted by her
1: family about her superpowers?
2: Hey, I don't know. I'm not the, question- I'm not the person to ask that. Hey, Jack.
1: Oh. So I there there has been a bit of a and I hope this has come through, a bit of a um focus, focus on a character with each arc. I want this arc to be a more focused on Beck. Um
2: uh, That's how I feel about
1: time that. Time will tell honestly it's uh there's a there's a a lot planned um for this. Um yeah, t- time what's all. We, like, I would love to do some kind of confrontation, some type of, um, I don't, I, I, focus. Focus. Yeah, some type of focus. I was Character thinking expose. Growth focus. Yeah. So, this went way
0: quicker when you were in New Zealand. I know, right? And we just <laughs> had <have tied> your <laughs> questions. The answer is,
2: we don't know. The
1: answer is, we don't know, but I would like to. And, um, if it doesn't happen for some reason, we will role play it specifically just for you.
2: Or we don't have to.
1: Okay. New question by Jack. Um, will the darkness of the arcs continue? Yes. Uh, Amanda had an answer for this one. The answer is yes. Next question.
2: <laughs> Amanda said, "I hope so." Ooh, Excellent. Ominous. Okay. Uh, survey the
1: table really quickly. Amanda says, "I hope so." Emily says,
2: "Uh." Uh-uh. I th-
0: I I'd be surprised if it didn't. <laughs> uh, I think, like with everything, there needs to be balance. I think. Um. You know. Yes. For sure, things are are dark, but. I think it would be kind of boring if all four characters were just dark all the time. Like, you know, United went through his bit of a a mood stuff and has kind of come out of it. I think, um, Dust Fox slash Mercury has done the same thing. He's not the same person as he was at the end of some of those things, you know? So yeah, I I think uh, as long as there's balance, I think it's great. Uh,
2: kind of on this, on this, on this, uh, kind of same direction. Um, Was the escalation of violence an unconscious group decision?
1: I actually uh, would love my, uh, if I can float this opinion, the escalation of violence, I think personally probably came from me describing things in a very violent manner and then everybody else naturally started to get more violent in their descriptions of their things as well. Because the more violence that was put upon your characters, I feel like also from a want of people being more descriptive in the actions they're taking in combat naturally because it the world of being a superhero would be very violent is it just kind of naturally evolved over time and
0: i think um for myself i think you know i certainly had an understanding right from the word go um because you and i had talked many times beforehand when we were writing the game uh about you know the big cinematic moments like the marvel universe and stuff but our favorite, one of our favorite books of all time, is *Invincible*, which is incredibly violent yeah. and incredibly graphic, and yeah. um, you know we kind of lean heavily into that as well.
3: I think also just the emotional content, especially of this past arc, has kind of just lent itself
1: to that.
2: Well, the stakes got higher too, right? Exactly. Like, so like, <laughs> yeah,
1: I also kind of wanted to see what what the um, results of having a not a throwaway enemy but an enemy essentially that it was like they're gonna die no matter what that it's not like a human life type of thing mm. how you would eventually start describing and it was it was never like a conscious group decision being like me, me being like all right guys you gotta start fucking killing things here <laughs> like it's <laughs> like um it's just kind of a naturally evolved naturally evolved over time
3: so um on that note then uh the question is, that one punch of the Imp Noble by all four cast members on the prison planet was, and in all caps here, THUNDEROUSLY EPIC. <laughs> uh, Jack, did you plan on that fight taking more time, or where does that moment rank in your favorites of the season so far?
1: Um, Pretty high up, because I love it when everybody works together and everything comes together and it works in a cohesive unit. I love that, what? and I feel like that should Teamwork? be rewarded narratively um by cool shit happening and by making things thunderous and epic so it ranks pretty high honestly um and generally speaking i really really try not to plan a length of fights it's just really comes down to how well people are doing in the fight and and narratively where things are at and and stuff like that so um the fact that everybody working together to make a complete one punch thunderously epic and just end it right then and there probably made the episode a little bit shorter than we expected yeah. but honestly i think that it was a great moment of teamwork and it was narratively the right thing to happen at the right time and um based on everybody working together they deserved some thunderous epicness and yeah i
3: will say that i feel like if the situation and like we had all like kind of meta it and like we were up in a boss fight, like if the four of us, I don't know, triple stamina, the fight would probably be over pretty damn quick. So I am glad to see that we're not doing that. That we actually kind of like hold things in reserve and as opposed to just trying to walk in and destroy everything in one go. I think the coolest part of
0: of that particular
3: fight was like the the
0: the five of us were in a room together. And looking around the five of us, especially Emily, but the five of us were visibly pissed at, and I think we were just, we're so into that moment, visibly pissed at what was happening when we got back there. And I think it was one of the, for me, it was one of the most genuine moments of the podcast. Like it was just, no, we're just, <laughs> I mean, I think Emily acted first and just with the grapple gun to pull the, the guy in the person. And it was just also angry. You know, it was also definite and I think it was a great team moment for sure.
2: Yeah, I was fucking pissed. <laughs> um, yeah, cuz I remember like we got back and like half the heroes were down and I was like 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 so upset. Cuz and then like it kind of like flipped the switch later on cuz I was like it's a volunteer situation like they expect expected this to happen, but I think it didn't really hit Tracy until then that yeah, it, that's that's a thing. Absolutely. Which goes back to like her like army training and like military background that I think that she's been running away from. And it's an interesting parallel there, I think.
0: Well, it's interesting, too, because I think at different times these characters have kind of taken, um, you know, for instance, Mercury or Dust Fox and and United and Slash Atomic at the beginning of all of this, it would just jump in. Right. And both characters have kind of grown into a more diplomatic, you know, talking first there was no talking first in that instance, like no. all four of us just no. literally jumped in to 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 take him down so very cool mm-hmm. um I have one a little bit a little bit lighter tone as a player, what is your favorite thing to do when playing legends like fly heal, sneak, interrogate, etc
3: I think that at least for me this kind of harkens back to uh what Jack was saying about describing the attacks um. And we've talked about this before. It comes up every other podcast or so. But I, I I think each of us based on our powers have ways that we can be creative with that. And so I like I like doing that certainly with Asher. And I think everybody else has their uh flavor that they like to put into it as well.
2: For me, it's entirely character dependent. One hundred like one hundred percent character dependent. I um like Tracy, I really like combat. Um uh like i I and double stamina I'm really excited that I now get to pick things up as a free action that's super exciting to me. I get to like throw a building that's awesome um, and that is like the, the finding fun ways to use the environment with tracy i think is 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 very fun for me i think um, but then like with the super cyclone, like just role play is my <laughs> favorite <laughs> so it's entirely character dependent I would say um yeah, those are like my two main characters that I play right now. Um, but it's, yeah, like even with other RPGs, like it to- it totally depends on the build of the character, I would say. Like m- characters that are more combat heavy characters, I have more fun with that as opposed to my characters that are more character or role-play heavy builds, I have more fun with that. So that's just a general RPG thing, I think. Not specific to Legends, but yeah. Um... Jack, what's your favorite thing to do? The GM is a player as well.
1: Oh, fuck you guys over.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next Um, question.
1: Honestly, my favorite thing to do as a GM is put you in scenarios where you need to make decisions as a character, not like as a team. Yes, but decisions as a character, thinking as your character, what would you do? And they may not always be what you want to do as a person but they should be what you need to do as a player as what how it's yeah just all about like role playing and really getting into your character well and um also fucking you over (laughs) picking up on that i didn't answer before so uh i'll just
0: jump in i love when when because i love improv i I, uh that's one of my favorite forms of 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 theater um i love when we're not thinking as ourselves. For instance, one of my favorite thing in the last little while was the Super Cyclone pop rock spit that we did um with with uh with Daniel. Uh it was just so much fun because I, I, we'd literally, I oh, don't we literally we just like went off. I don't know wh- how long that was off right now.
2: <laughs> hey, how's it going?
0: But it was <laughs> it's really good. Thanks. Um
2: Have you had a good spring break so far? It's been fantastic. All right, all right, all right. All right, all
0: right. Um, but yeah, so that's, for me, that's the favorite part of playing the characters for sure.
1: For sure.
2: So speaking about Jack fucking us over, Jack, um, does anyone have, have or thought of having a backup character just in case I don't, I mean, I have the super cyclone where he's ready to go.
3: I mean, like I've made or, like, kind of spitballed other characters just for the fun of it, but ever, but never one for the purpose of, oh, my God, uh, I just died.
2: Amanda says, we never know what Jack is going to throw at us. So I've had a backup character rolled up for the past few months just in case. <laughs> Holy shit. I didn't know that.
1: I actually also did not know that. Um, Wild.
2: Now Jack's going to kill off <laughs> Corey. I
1: have, um,
0: I actually, I have 73 <laughs> characters ready to go. Oh yeah, um,
2: I guess I have. I guess I have. I have. I have a handful yeah. of characters that I could whip out at any moment in time.
3: Um, on that note, um, and this was another question, kind of getting folded into that. Um, and this might be more for Jack. Uh, if a character were about to die, would you let them re-roll, like in a like a, a contest roll or something like that?
1: So inherently, it is very tough for people to die in in legends right because you run out of you run out of hit points then you slowly start running out of stamina um and stuff i personally we we made it so that it takes such an amount of time that other people can step in other people can stabilize and stuff like that but i wouldn't do like a stamina contest i wouldn't do a role like that i think it is instead of like a dnd type of thing where it's like you're basically flipping a coin three times, and if you're unlucky, you're fucked. It's just a, this is an inevitable thing. It will happen over this period of time, but it will happen. You are quite literally bleeding out. You're you're you are the life is seeping out of you. Um, that's not to say that like I definitely plan on killing somebody or anything like that. Um, but I also do not, and I feel like maybe I've kind of proven this. I'm not trying to pull any punches at all when it comes to roles so if it happens it happens and um i hope that if it does happen it is like narratively
2: satisfying satisfying
1: it doesn't just like come out of left field like all of a sudden like somebody just gets like fucking sniped or something somebody doesn't Um, get their hand eaten yeah exactly
2: uh, fucking sniped didn't Fox get a fucking like harpoon through the chest yeah but that's not gonna do you like almost those. So like go once or twice. Plus oh, damage shit.
1: however many hit points you have right so I mean I, I know a lot of GMs do this um, a lot of DMs GMs keep track of how many hit points their players have and they dwindle down and they probably pull their punches a little bit or they go like oh this person's a little low compared to these people so they average out stuff I don't I do my best to, like, think that, okay, this enemy is closest to this person they would attack, or this enemy just got hit by this person, so even though they're close, they probably got a vendetta against this hero now, and they attack this person, and they attack the people that it makes sense for them to be attacking, if that person is down, there's probably a lot of villains as well that would see that that hero is now down and kick him while they're out, basically, right? So, I'm not keeping track of people's hit points. I'm hoping not to just fucking murder somebody but um, in, in fairness, there has been a few occasions where people got um, into like very close
0: very close i mean uh dusk fox and Atomic and Persephone at the Super Storage.
2: Oh fuck! Right
0: with Regicide and uh, what's his not? Uh, pugilist
3: and uh, not
0: Regicide. No no, no, no,
2: no, no, no! It was Regicide, Regicide and, and oh, super at Super Storage way back when. Way oh back. yeah, yeah, yeah!
0: When, that...
3: when you got driven over by the car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I also. Got one tapped by a uh, pugilist as well, but yeah. like, he wasn't trying to kill
0: you. That was not that was lethal damage. He was that just knocking you, so cradled you like a He's little like, baby, and slowly you down easy. lower down to the ground. And I broke his helmet. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, I think because like because um, like the writers of this game, whoever they may be, have made it so difficult um to die because I think it makes sense that like it like in in like. If like, it's not it's not D&D where you're like an adventuring party and you just go from town to town and go to the tavern and see what jobs are posted Um, like you're the heroes of this story. I think it should it should be hard to die.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's 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 like a comic book. Yeah. Right. And the cool thing is, is actually there are and people will find this out. We haven't had any characters with this yet, but people will find out when the book comes out, you know, there are mechanics in the game. As a, as there are in comic books for, you know, also bringing people back or, you know, different different mm-hmm. scenarios that are optional. There, not saying that it will never happen. I mean, certainly we've had characters die in this podcast. Some of them very dramatically and dramatically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for
3: sure. So speaking of
0: which.
2: Of, uh, no, Yeah, kind of. A, uh, were you throwing that to me? I had a question that went with that. Oh, I did, too. <laughs> no, I'm doing it. Um, you go, can, and then we I We can go. segue
1: and segue. As
2: a GM Jack, superheroes are by design stronger and more powerful than the average person slash creature. Uh, what are your tips and suggestions for, not tips and tricks, tips and suggestions for building enemies and encounters to keep challenging these powerful superheroes? Um,
1: So it depends on what type of encounter you want to do. And we talk about this in the GM section of the rule book, is we have kind of three combat types you've got just a skirmish which is like it's your like you're breaking into the building you go against like a couple minions a couple guards or whatever it's it's not meant to stress out the heroes it's not meant to damage them really and then you have a battle which is kind of much a more even ground you may be going against like uh a group of guards or like a small army or, or or like one villain or something like that. And then you have your onslaught, which is like, you really want to put them the, the test on the heroes on, on the players. And, um, it's not like definitive that somebody will get seriously injured, but it should be really tough. It should be a tough battle. Uh, and then we also have, um, five different enemy types in the book as well. um, all of which have different base, similar to the campaign settings where heroes have different starting base HP SP and uh, the amount of powers they can have same with enemies except there's five types and it ranges from minions all the way to super villains. So um, if uh, the, the tricky thing on balancing encounters is that you need to know your party right you need to know what they're capable of and. Um, so we can't tell you like exactly oh with this type of power and this type of person you need this and this like it's it's always going to be more of a gm knowing your party and how to balance it on your end but using those different enemy types using like the keeping in mind what type of battle you want to have is really important going in on design design wise um so those are kind of my suggestions cuz yeah superheroes are a lot more powerful um, than the average person so if you want something really tough for superheroes and you're just using regular average people bump up the numbers, lots of lots more people. If you want something that it's just like kind of a skirmish, but it is, uh, with one, like one super villain, probably lower level supervillain, villain, uh, low, uh, things like that. So it's really about knowing your party and, um, and what they're capable of and learning along with them.
0: Yeah. And I think that's key because in a superhero universe, um, and we talk about, I think we talked about this at the very beginning. um, you know, how do you how do you balance that out when you you know, the Avengers go up against a threat or the Justice League goes up against a threat and you had exactly. a team with Superman on it but as
1: well as Green Arrow on it? Or yeah. you know Yeah, yeah. Uh, so giving so- uh spotlighting different players and, yeah. and things like that. And one last suggestion is just cheat as well. Just like, <laughs> just like, you will have moments where you're like, okay, this is supposed to be like a, a, like a battle and they are fucking wiping the floor. And it's like, oh, I, I forgot to put a zero on the end of their uh, health and stamina levels. Uh, yeah. Two they more actually, henchmen
2: come yeah, bursting yeah. in. I'm start exactly. Lying about the some...
1: building collapses like, <laughs> and everybody takes it. No, um, uh, but not actually, but like maybe a little bit. I'm going to start lying about some of my roles now. No, 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 no. Uh, I, th- I, think, I never, think the main thing is... I, though, I'm is just that, suggesting that I never cheat or anything. I, d- I
2: think the thing that goes with that, though, is that Legends isn't... I, I I I might be speaking out of turn here, but I don't think Legends is made to be a ma- super mathematical, min-max your character no, kind of game and play battles to the... Like it's, it's not the nearest like nearest decimal point, it right? Have like it's, the wargaming it, aspects
1: a, of D and D in the sense yeah. where you have challenge ratings for monsters, so you know roughly. Like because a but
2: but, but I mean like the, the 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 aim of it is a much more narrative yeah aim of it being like a movie as opposed to yeah I move five feet get an attack of opportunity or whatever it is
0: mm-hmm. exactly yeah there's there's lots of optional rules that you can make it as crunchy
3: as you want but
2: yeah that's exactly crunchy.
3: I'm curious about some of the homebrew <laughs> versions of this.
2: Where was Dawn, and the rest? Wait, of-
1: I I, I kind of got one to 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 okay, chunk into. Go, so talking about, we talked a little bit about uh, like D and D and balancing encounters and stuff like that. Um, if your character had a D and D class and or subclass, what would it be? Uh, I'm going to start us off right away with Crimson Crusader, barbarian, the barbarian fighter, um, without a doubt, barbarian for the rage. Probably actually fighter first and then subclass into Barbarian for the rage, honestly, because he yeah. wears armor. So fighter first.
2: Yeah, I see it. Yep. Um, Amanda said Earth Genasi Druid, which coincidentally is a character she's playing in her home campaign right now. <laughs> Love it. Nice. We actually talked about this a while a while back because we were going to do like some collab or something and we were going to play D&D versions of our character.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, what would uh, Impact Me then?
2: Um, I think we said... What did we say? Uh, I want to say Goliath was the race, and then did we? I think we said just said fighter, probably fighter. I think <laughs> or like paladin, maybe.
1: Oh, I could see paladin. I like
2: paladin actually. Yeah, I think I think she'd be a paladin.
1: I think she would be a fighter, or a barbarian, personally.
2: Well, because because well, you dad, you're shaking your head because you think atomic or united uh, would, uh, would be a paladin. Uh, united is
1: a hundred and ten percent a paladin. <laughs>
2: he's a bard what are you talking
0: about he's a bard no if you want to be a paladin that's totally
3: fine i just i see her more as a fighter um yeah that's the thing is like i'm not all that familiar with the D &D classes so you would i think asher
1: would be like i'm probably a ranger oh no monk for sure oh i was gonna say like half elf rogue i was gonna say rogue too Uh, i think I, i i think if we're talking about like subclassing and stuff probably a little mix of rogue and monk together
3: yeah he's definitely grown more into the monk hmm. it's
2: been
1: so long since i've played D D, but i
3: i he's think he's a warlock um,
2: he's dark and edgy let's be real yeah, here yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah but i don't like worship a god of
1: some no, kind no, some...
2: you make you make a pact for a warlock
1: oh yeah, yeah i think um yeah if just looking at the class list here i think um impact would be like a cross barbarian fighter artificer,
2: artificer, right? And why isn't that on and, this list?
1: Because it's not usually accepted as like a as like a core. Uh, I would think that atomic would be like a mix between like paladin is probably the perfect one because they can cast spells. But like if you did wanted to take paladin out, probably like sorcerer fighter or like Eldrit What there's one archetype where like a fighter can cast spells and something like that. But paladin is pretty much. I think we all. Probably there's multiple r-
3: classes in there because we start one way and we're very different.
0: Yeah, and mm-hmm. you grow in different yeah, ways. And, and, and
1: yeah.
3: Like that, so, like I said, Asher's grown more into the monk. He certainly did exactly. not start as one. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: We should do that on um on Patreon. Do the D and D version of our, our characters. Sure. Sure. That's cool. Another. Another <laughs> question. Um, um,
0: I have one. Yes. Uh, so speaking of characters and character types and stuff, um, I have one here. If your character had a villain version what would their motivations, what, what would be their motivations for evil?
2: Amanda said climate change and deforestation.
0: I, wow. That's yeah, that tracks. That tracks. <laughs> I think, um, I think for United, uh, or sorry for atomic back at the beginning, um, would be just his, his, his anger at the world that, uh, and, and his self-centered nature and, um, and then the fact that his grandfather was was killed. I think it was a it could be a very slippery, slippery slope to go down if he started to get into the revenge market.
3: Not that we're the same person at all times, but I feel like Asher like in a way would be similar, like he would take more after his dad kind of thing and just very short fuse. Um <laughs> I was thinking like he would he would like pull a John Wick, but not for good. I could see that.
1: Grandson Crusader would kill the cows. <laughs> oh, is the that West the spoiler for uh, uh
2: i said go watch peacemaker so good peacemaker is very good
1: so
3: good
2: um I, I, don't, I don't i don't know what tracy's would be
3: How, well you like have the tech that you could 100 percent go villain on but like
2: i, I why I, would I, you i um i think she would i don't know
3: can i offer something
2: sure we were talking hypothetical so yeah no I, I
0: i think i think the fact that she came out as you know as as um was the word i'm looking for a bitch no 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 no. she had a <laughs> wall up for sure but look at how she was treated by her family yeah right
1: basically i mean treated like shit yeah. so could have easily rebelled against that i i personally if i may also jump in yeah i totally see a line of tracy never drops out of military Um, military school, goes through Project Maple Leaf, starts becoming, like, a weapon for the government and being sent on, Uh, like, missions and stuff and either finally snaps and cracks and goes against everything or it just goes down a deeper and darker road of, like, missions and stuff. Yikes. Um, So, following up on, like, what our evil versions
3: are is what was the most evil or sinister thing someone in the Vanguard, Crimson Crusader, or one of the legends...
2: In our actual past history.
3: Or one of the legends in their
1: past history, yeah.
2: Monarch was a so dick. To,
1: yeah, Monarch. Uh, Eclipse, this this goes into kind of like lore. Um, Eclipse straight up was like made as a weapon to kill the Vanguard. Um, so there's like Eclipse bad uh, was the original uh, idea. Monarch. Um, Just was an asshole. Well, absolutely ruthless. Like trained, like never trained to like kill like the Vanguard, but like. Pretty bad guy. <laughs> also, fuck Golden Boy.
2: Yep. What about Crimson yeah. Crusader?
1: Um, what's the most evil or sinister thing Crimson Crusader's ever done? Probably like not doing his chores or something. I don't know. Like <laughs> had a beef. Okay. Bur- had a beef burger once.
2: <laughs> Can we go back to the fact that when you introduced Crimson Crusader, it was yeah, this guy's been on the front of the papers for like like turning guys in with like smashed noses and broken bones, and we were all like, oh no, and now he's like the Jolly fucking jumper. At least. He, still,
1: he still does that. It, it, was there not when he got the sword from the warband like chopping people up and stuff? Oh yeah, no. He's like he's he's very violent. But so violent. is so is so many other yeah. types of um people. Like honestly. No, but I just
2: like the, that contrast of like mm, didn't do his chores. Like <laughs> the growth. Good.
3: See, my suggestion went into cannibalism for no! him. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's cannibalism. Maybe technically. Um I left a question. What drew you to create these characters specifically? What drew Oh, this should have gone back when we were talking about uh what do you like in playing? What drew for example, what drew Jad to Atomic, Emily DeBeck, etc. Et et et
3: um so long before the podcast started, uh like Chad had invited me to do like a little test game. Um and You passed, by the way. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> I the Lord knows how. <laughs> um and I went with a very different uh type of character in so far as like he was all like uh mental abilities and uh like darkness control and I liked the thought of at least for Asher like trying to keep things as natural as possible in a lot of ways um and then I don't know why but a lot of the inspiration at least at the beginning of it like was uh Altaïr from the Assassin's Creed series nice so yeah. can I just say.
0: I, for one, I'm so happy that you didn't go with your original character that you played in that one shot because he would make me cry. He was so evil. He was so dark and so nasty. What, was it just because he, he threw was someone the... off
2: a boat Yeah, <laughs> in the middle of the ocean? You were like, I'll just chuck him off the side. And we were all like,
0: but that's going to kill him, Daniel.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> it, wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't just like that. It was that he had like a psionics, the guy to purposefully throw himself off and not swim like, like there was, it wasn't just like yeah i just i just throw him off the boat and it's like yeah okay conceivably he could swim he could grab a uh a, like a, uh, i forgot a lifesaver about or he grabbed like the ladder on the side and it was like no i want him to like cross his arms and dead dive in <laughs> and not swim and we were like well
3: it's a little dark i think well. um, visually the inspiration on that one was like if y'all think back to the original Watch Dogs uh poster just like super dark. And also that was actually my first time ever playing in like any uh RPG or collaborative setting like this. So there was still a little bit of me learning how to not break the game by being an <laughs> asshole. Yeah,
1: I think I think but I, like, was, that like, kind of thing I was like was like yeah, be... he like he jumps off the side and you feel the psychic connection sever because you're not making eye contact with him anymore. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> but
2: then, like but like a game like D&D that would be totally like All right, cool. Because that's like the The default is lethal damage. The default is lethal damage, whereas the default in Legends is not. Yeah, I think that's
1: one of the reasons as well as like why we like Invincible and getting a bit dark. It's like you can still be very fucking violent without being lethal damage, and especially with explaining that all these people with superpowers they heal faster. Yeah, they've got like just a baseline strength that the regular fragile human does not have. Exactly.
2: Um for me, my um original idea was in like all the games that we played beforehand, I had played lots and lots of like um like ranged uh pe- people for combat purposes. Like I played a an archer and then someone with m- like mind stuff as well and his invisibility. Um so I wanted to play like more of a brawler type character. So I wanted to do strong. And then I wanted to contrast that with her personality. And originally she was just supposed to be like really fucking awkward. Like I was thinking about something like along the lines of like Gretchen from recess, if like just like a total fucking nerd. But then we came up with like the military background stuff and that's kind of where that came from. So it's not, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's how that happened.
0: I think what's really cool is at the very beginning, like if you listen to the early episodes, she was really awkward. She was more socially awkward, but she was really awkward. She's and, still awkward. But it's but she's growing so much. Like it's really cool. Really cool how you've played her.
2: Thanks. Welcome. I'm very good at my job. I think okay. <laughs> Wow.
3: <laughs> um, did Amanda answer this one?
2: She did. Amanda says, I think I was on my plants phase of quarantine. I also really like Poison Ivy from DC. She nice. was also
3: playing Hades at the time. Yes. So the name Persephone came from that. Yep. Um for me, my
0: I mean, my favorite superhero of all time everybody knows is captain america um
3: what (laughs) no i'm a a sucker
0: for the boy scout um my favorite dc hero is superman um so i just like the idea of (sighs) i just gave emily a really nice compliment and then she just threw up the food she had in her mouth um no i really like the idea of somebody standing for more than themselves standing for other people and taking that to a to a fine to an extreme, you can have
2: the paladin to the, an extreme class. degree
0: um but i also really like the idea and so jack and i talked a lot about this um uh originally that's the kind of character i wanted to make from the get-go but then we thought you know it would be much more interesting if if he was not the opposite but probably almost the opposite to begin with and have that growth so
1: um, I didn't know how we were going to get there. I was just hoping that we would, and it if, worked out well. If a character has already reached their potential before the story starts, that just makes her a boring story. Oh, yeah. No, no. I don't mean already reached the potential. Right. Like, but, No, no, no. I know what you mean. But if, if if you were like the go-getter from the start, and you were like the Boy Scout and everything, yeah, it would have been like 70-plus episodes. Like, yeah, okay, well, this is going to be exactly the same thing like over, exactly. over and over again. Exactly, exactly. Versus have a little character growth here and there, you know? What's that? You'll see.
2: Fuck God damn it.
1: (laughs) It's your
3: turn soon.
2: She's had so much growth already. Um where was Dawn and the rest of the rebels when the core four I like that. The core four were fighting the Queen. Um and I'm gonna say this is Brennan's question, and Brennan felt personally robbed of more 2D oil painting content. (laughs) <laughs> um I think we say that we say it in the episodes coming up. Someone yeah. asks to clarify and yeah. we do.
1: Uh, do you want me to clarify now? Or Might we as just well. gonna, uh they were checking out and making sure that all the other heroes that were still on the uh other ship, the scout ship, were okay. So they kind of went uh, two prong, drop United off at the queen, and then made sure everything else was okay because the communications were cut and they needed to make sure that nobody was dead.
2: E important uh emily yeah
1: when
3: and when editing how much shenanigans do you usually do you actually cut out um
2: i don't cut out a lot these days
3: how much of uh jack's knife sharpening story is going to make it into this episode
2: (laughs) (laughs) um i don't actually cut out a whole lot anymore um we've gotten a lot better especially i think as we've been in person at being more on task and there's obviously not lag in person um I have also streamlined my editing process a little bit. Um, Whereas I used to be like, okay, we need to be basically talking like on top of each other. Like get the pace fucking going. Like go, 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 go. Um, And I cut out a lot of unnecessary stuff. Whereas now I feel like we've just grown as a team and the, the little jokes here and there are more relevant <laughs> to the stories so it makes sense to keep more shenanigans in if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah so um I don't actually cut out a whole lot I I did definitely cut down probably like in the earlier episodes I think I was cutting down like for every hour that you heard there's about 15 minutes that were scrapped um but nowadays it's it's much less of a ratio of keep to cut. Yeah, yeah. And 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 a lot of times also at the beginning of episodes, I reference how long we've been recording for, so I need to keep it all in anyway.
3: (laughs) Okay. Um also for everybody listening at home, Coach is the one that asked this question. Um will will Coach become the main character star the main star character that this potentially Yoda like trainer could be? Asking for a friend. And also a little back on. And as a follow up from Morgan who I feel like these are directly linked to each other. Yeah. So we're asking um, Morgan asks how wild will coach's hair get?
1: So, I mean, we've been kind of like experimental with our storytelling, but I don't know if you guys already know this, but coach is the main character of the story. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it's just how we use the character and, um, honestly how wild there is no limits to how wild coach's hair can or will get the answer is yes it to will stretch it will stretch wildly it transcends time and space and it will stretch wildly beyond both of them um and coach is definitely the main character without a doubt so yeah perfect all right um okay so powers
0: um uh they've the question is they view powers are hereditary with a few exceptions uh what powers do the children of the dynamos get Corey and ricky mercury and purple blur Beck and Strongarm and United and Dawn.
2: Uh, Amanda had an answer for this. I don't think Ricky and Abby are anywhere near wanting to have children, but when they're older and decide to have children, I imagine their kid would have some kind of elemental power, which makes sense with the Donovan's history and for sure. Corey. Yep. Yeah. So, if, I mean, how did genetics work in the Legends universe?
1: Actually, you no, know let's touch on everybody's opinions first on if they oh, had okay. children, what they think their children would have, and then we can touch on how powers are passed on and stuff.
3: I think that if the Purple Blur and uh, Mercury were to have kids, it, I don't know which direction they would sway more in, but basically agility and uh, initiative score would be through the roof.
2: A plus tier <laughs> speed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> when when you have that moment when the toddler takes off from you in the playground, you would never catch this one. I honestly think they would be I'm, flipping out of the way. And they would, no, I'm just and picturing not, not Dash only, not from only, so, Incredibles.
1: So hold on. So. The toddler learns to walk. The toddler learns to run and run faster than any toddler on Earth. And then the toddler turns fucking invisible on top of that. <laughs> uh, Beck and Strongarm, if they were to have children, what? Piers. Um,
2: I feel like strength is the obvious choice, right?
1: Yeah. Strength and some type of resistances and stuff. Yeah, probably.
2: The superpower of friendship.
1: Excellent. And Beck? No. Oh, no.
0: United and Dawn. Um, I think energy, probably energy-based of some sort, because, I mean, Dawn the Starborn is energy-based. United is now pretty much exclusively energy-based, so some kind of energy-based energy powers, I would think.
3: Uh, Piggybacking off of that, uh, in the lore of Legends, is there an origin for powered
1: humans? Have they always existed? Okay. So I'm going to come really quickly back to this. In my idea, this will actually kind of tie together, in my idea of like hereditary powers, it's like... You know, in Sky High, when they're like, <laughs> when they're like with Excellent the lollipops, reference. and they're like when one superpowered person and the other superpowered person have a baby, they end up with Ron, the bus driver. Sometimes, and they don't have powers, oh. but most of the time, the the parent is passing on. I want to say like a version of their powers to their offspring. So take uh patrick donovan patrick donovan can control the weather and um his kids respectively each got like one element of the weather right but also i like the idea of variations to the degree of how powerful the powers they get or variations of the power itself disruptor can control his density among other things and and um what does disruptor do he controls his density there you go no, Thank you. he
2: also has um um he can also kind of do, disruption. Can also yeah, do did, disruption, disruption blasts, blasts and, and he can and...
1: control the molecules yep. around him and things like that. Paragon, his son, can't do blasts, can't do um can't control his density, but he can control in the immediate surrounding area around him the density and create like armor and force fields and stuff like that. So it is a variation of the power flavor wise. Could you imagine the Punnett
3: squares of trying to figure out which uh powers and genes are recessive and dominant?
1: It would be very, very, very confusing. Be difficult. Oh my god um is there an origin for powered humans have they always existed i mean personally i like to think that they've always existed and superpowers have gotten like more powerful over time um but i've always also oh man i dropped drop my sheet um i've also really liked the idea of like the idea that like science and technology is obviously ramped up over time but like originally it was like genetic powers and magic way in the past and then over time like science and technology so then people started getting powers from science and technology um and magic has taken like gone down a little bit like it's still there and it's still usable but like genetic wise people have been have powers like all the time right and um it's just a thing that's always existed and they probably have gotten more powerful over time and more Um,
2: documented too right like it's the same thing like with like people getting like chicken pox or whatever like yeah no one used to get the chicken pox but like actually they did it just wasn't documented kind of a thing
1: yeah and and it's like um I think a lot of things gets like confused in legends like of the past like in myths and stuff like who's to say that Excalibur actually like made King Arthur invulnerable and had like regenerative powers like maybe King Arthur just had regenerative powers in a really cool fucking sword or something like that who knows right? You're going the Eternals route on that. Well, who knows? (laughs) right? So um, it's, it's, um, I don't know, it's something that I'd like to explore further, but it's um, uh, really open for interpretation and and things like that. Um, What
2: uh, is Mr. Malleable's master plan? Surely a criminal of his caliber would never be captured so easily.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You see, Mr. Malleable is always at least five steps ahead. He's playing 4D chess while everybody else is playing fucking checkers. So Mr. Malleable is in, always in the exact position he wants to be a man who can stretch his brain to become smarter. I just invented that, but that's a thing that he can do. I don't
2: think that's quite how that works. That's exactly how that works. The more wrinkles he
1: adds, the smarter he is.
2: I have a request, please. I know he doesn't right now, but he needs to have a mustache. Maybe. (laughs) Are you writing it down? Can you write that down? Add a mustache to Mr. Malleable. A Waluigi type mustache.
1: (laughs) Um, I think (laughs) we should jump back on. There's one more kind of hereditary history question. The first page It's for Daniel to ask. Um, oh, that one? Okay.
3: Um, hey, Chad, Atticus's maternal history. Not much uh, has been said or known. Um, so if you could talk about that. And also, um congratulations you finally got a significant other <laughs> what took you so long sweetie wow asks was... the very nosy aunt
2: <laughs> he personally attacked and i wasn't even being asked that question <laughs>
3: um his uh
0: his maternal history um so his parents i think we touched on it uh he was raised by his grandparents um his his parents um died in a car accident when he was very very young so, um, there's that, um, I think, I think we just mentioned that we haven't really talked too much about it. Um, and then, uh, the significant other, it just, it just kind of worked out that way. Like, I don't think it was his focus. Um, Jack and I, we did talk about it, um, uh, possibly happening, probably possibly happening, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, it just, it felt like the right time.
1: I think we we kind of had a slight idea of maybe doing it with Minerva, and then thought that that one didn't actually. It wasn't a good matchup. It wasn't a good pairing. Like Minerva really needed to kind of understand how who she is, sirs, and how she fits into sure. the world and stuff. And we didn't want to like just shoehorn in any like romance or anything like that. We wanted to develop naturally over time. Right.
3: She also seems a little too stoic for you. True. True. At Minerva. Yeah. Yeah, hmm? yeah but.
2: I'll say that th- I think Dawn's pretty stoic.
3: I think Dawn has a little bit more spice to her.
2: Well, she's not a clone, so that's, that's fair. <laughs>
1: okay, I think I've got one more podcast-based one, and then everything else is book-related.
2: Cool. We're leaving, um, We're saving all the book questions to the end. Does <laughs>
1: working with people you are related to change the dynamic of playing? Due to them being in the same room with me, I legally have to say no. It does not change anything.
2: Um, Everything's fine. In our Discord, we were talking about doing a Legends bingo and one of the squares was me and my dad argue it was nice enough to, to say back and united argue but <laughs> i think that that should tell you everything you need to know well
0: okay here's the thing here's the thing um sometimes but emily and i have mm-hmm. a gr-
1: emily and i have a great relationship and um uh, Unbeknownst to most people, uh, Chad and I fucking hate each other. We can't no, fucking can hear the car stand. rides home. I can't no.
0: stand each other. It's either
1: dead silence or deafening screaming at each other.
2: Yikes!
0: No, I think I think it's it's like it's like anything. It's you know um when you're you're with perfect strangers and you're on your best behavior all the time. When you're with your family, they know exactly who you are, warts and all. And, you know, and the longer this podcast has gone on, like, I mean, Daniel and Amanda uh, have been friends. DC, you've been friends for a long time. Um, you know, you, we just get more and more comfortable and, and they become a family. Um, Emily and I are two very passionate people. We have a great... We're both
2: re- Pisces. We're both
0: Pisces. So we have a great... But we have a great relationship <laughs> and... Uh, In all, you
2: all know. seriousness, we're very similar though. So we do like butt heads, and we're fully aware that we heads sometimes and that's just life.
1: Um, It is. That's just honestly just life about um, working with family. um, All jokes aside, obviously Chad and I have a really, really good relationship, but there's been times when nights working on the book where we have gotten into, we've had to table different like mechanics talks because we don't agree on things and with to the point that, like we are actually like no like we're not being mean to each other but like
2: there's <laughs> <and laughs> two loud people no one no one get, said anything about you, being mean jack you're you get, the one and louder, louder and
1: louder and louder and 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 um on something that we're not agreeing about and then we're like oh okay we've run out of time we like we've got to go home and then in the car ride back we're just like buddy buddy just talking about like so it's like I don't know. We have, we have such an interesting work relationship where we, we are super, super passionate and we are, uh, we work really, really well together. We disagree on stuff, but we kind of always just like hash it out and like, it's nothing personal, honestly.
0: And I think there's one really telling fact with, with our family. We have literally worked together your entire lives. Like we've done shows together. Emily works at the studio. She teaches at uh, at our studio. Um, we've done shows together for years. You know, it's we're a close family. And of course, there's going to be challenging times, but um, we always talk about it afterwards and we're
1: all good. Yeah. Yeah. It always will get hashed out one way or another. Yeah. Okay. I believe all the rest of the questions are
2: book related,
1: book related book or
2: rule related.
0: related. All right. I have one. Will aliens be slash are they already a playable race?
1: So, um, yes and no. The, um, no in the fact that there is no. Unlike D anD D, you don't open up the book. You don't choose a class. You don't choose a race. You just you just are. It's it's honestly like diff, it's 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 kind of um it's kind of flavor based. Um, if you want to be a robot, if you want to be an alien, if you want to be a troll or a goblin or something, uh, there's a species power. So you might have, you could just say that you are and you don't need any, um, you don't need uh, any power to say that. Additional you are, mechanics. Additional pa- mechanics to say that you are those things. Um, but if you want, for example, um, say you are from Atlantis or something like that, you could do species power, which is a C tier power that gives like a small kind of boon little power that makes sense for your species. Cause species power is inherently you're not human, or you could be human with some type of mutation. Like Spider-Man would have species power because he can stick to walls and he's got like that spider DNA. But like if you're from Atlantis, maybe you have species power and uh your species power is that you can survive the ocean pressure and you breathe underwater. Like something it's not really mechanical. It's just more of a narrative thing yeah it's it's kind of a utility uh power to show that you are not human or you have something changed that uh, humans don't inherently have and i think um I think the question you know are there are there aliens in the book
0: like different types of of people or different types of creatures um we certainly you introduced them in the podcast in the last session um this goes with um another question we have later on any plans for a monster manual type supplement um supplement supplement uh <laughs>
1: Any plans on a monster manual type
0: supplementary book? I think those two questions go together because, uh, yes, there are plans for that. Um, We have made, you know, we have got all sorts of stuff coming down.
1: There is over 150 playable heroes and villains in the book right out of the gate. Um, And the way that New Olympus is written up into the certain point of the history, there is evidence of alien life but it is kind of up to GMs about how much they want aliens and things like that to be included. So I don't think any of the playable characters in the core rule book are alien, but in the future we plan on doing more supplements of more characters and Mm. could be aliens, could be monsters, could be literally anything.
2: Kind of on that point. I think it's important to mention that the book takes place in like, spring 2020 kind of a thing so it's like pre podcast right like yeah, like our characters when they're still like in their dynamo whatever like in the book i think are level 5 yes. but like timeline wise the book lore is pre podcast yeah
1: i don't I like we don't want to say that there's like separate canons or anything but like the uh, there is a history of new olympus up until like it's like going 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 and then like now and you can say that now is current day now is few years in the past, now is a few years in the future. Whatever you want, it's there for you to create. It's just kind of there as like a blueprint and a sandbox for you to play in. And um yeah it's really it's really up to you about like yep. how how you take different things. So yeah.
2: What was the most difficult part of making a game from scratch and what was the process like?
0: Hours and hours and hours of throwing stuff at a wall and seeing what stuck.
2: Yeah. Process wise
1: um reiteration 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 so much play testing so much uh, balancing balancing mechanics is probably the most difficult thing my hot take is though um game design is actually pretty easy anybody can do it like if you um if you have something you're passion- passionate about you probably already have board games that you like that you add house rules to and that's game design right just adding house yeah. rules to games just adding that on Monopoly like landing on free parking you get the money in the middle that's not a real rule in the game is it not no, no. it's not, that's, oh, not, that's, wow. not a, that's not a real rule in the game that's so that's a host rule that's that's game design it inherently makes the game better um, what the
2: hell is the point of free parking then
0: it's just free
1: parking it's just it's literally just a payout of Lame. nothing yeah it's that money is actually usually supposed to go back into the bank
2: wow capitalism yeah. so,
1: <laughs> but
0: I think it's also Jack I think it's anybody can do it but I think it's can you stick with it? Well, that's the same with right. anything, right? Like, but we're, uh, we're, that's we're, just life. <laughs> yeah. But like when I think back to when we started this and when we decided that we were going to actually do it as a book, um, we we're very optimistic and very naive about, you know, what that timeline might look at. And I mean, we're probably going into year six now. Yeah, uh, like five yeah, or six. We years years. Yeah, we apologize to
2: everyone listening to the podcast that heard all of the releasing summer twenty twenty. Yeah, <laughs> oh, but it's you know what? Obviously not that anymore. Honestly,
1: we took the time to make a better product in, in, in our opinion, right? And, like, and actually, it's
0: it is. <laughs> we're so excited for you guys to 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 get a copy because we just had our second revision done on it, uh, and it is so far beyond. What we had hoped when we first started talking about it, like we're just super, super excited about it. So, yeah. But it's just sticking with it, and and also being being able to compromise. You know, yeah. I mean, if Jack you have and a writing are,
2: partner, if you just by yourself, you do whatever the hell you want. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. But like Jack and I, you know, like he was saying earlier, we we get along very well, and we certainly don't agree on everything,
1: but we compromise. So, yeah. And I think we were in a fortunate position as well, is that we were working on something that. We love we love superheroes so much so like even though there's difficult parts it's something that we've always enjoyed like I'm sure that there's lots of game designers out there that see like this is the kind of flavor of the month or the flavor of the year as far as games go and they make something and they slog through it. and it's not even like a like a brand or, or a story type or a genre that they enjoy playing in but it's like it's popular and it's selling and it, there's no problem with that but that's got to be tough that's got to be difficult like superheroes we love superheroes right i i um we've said this many times before is that in it, we are kind of quote unquote selfish designers in the fact that we made a game that we wanted to play and we're just kind of hoping that we find an audience along the way so yep. yeah um also the very first draft of legends was not even this even close to the game that it is today like there was no abilities there was like it was so bare bones it was like i tell i have flame powers and i want to do this you tell the gm what you want to do and they just assign a stamina cost to it of how much that's gonna yeah. cost you and it was so free flow and like it was really tough as well because if you as the gm have like an idea in your head of how a certain power works and then your player is like well i want to do this and you're like well i don't really see that power working that way so like what are you going to say you're going to say no and just shut them down <laughs> like that's no fun well i think that brings up another really interesting point is that and i
0: i love the term that you use for it um, you have to be willing to kill your darlings.
1: Oh yeah, kill right? your darlings all like the time.
0: There, are, there have been rules and we've had many a time where we've really liked something but it just doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, we
1: really like this one rule, we really like this thing and sometimes we can reshuffle it and stuff and put it into an optional rule but other times we're like, you know what? This doesn't fit our vision. This doesn't fit the game we are trying to make. We are not saying that we are just throwing this in the garbage but let's shelf this future thing yeah and there's no problem with that but um it's really important it's difficult that's a really difficult thing is to kill your darlings and um yeah um does the legends rule book come with any pre-built adventures yes so in the rule book you're gonna get rules on how to play the game like character creation how to play the game a gm section optional rules 150 plus playable characters and a kind of two-parter pre-built adventure. And similar to the Monster Manual-type supplements, uh, we're planning on releasing more supplementary adventures in the future. You forgot an important part of the book. I forgot an important part of the book. All the new Olympus lore. All the new Olympus lore, of course, yes. So the sandbox to play in the campaign setting, uh, and then the pre-built adventure, which takes place in new Olympus, of course, uh, using some of the characters from the book. Um, you might even see a few that uh, have appeared on the podcast. Um, but yeah, so future plans, supplement, uh, adventure books, supplement, uh, playable character books. Um, yeah, we actually, the, I don't know, we can
0: say it here. We have three mini adventures, um, to be our first supplementary, uh, book to come out, um, shortly, shortly after
1: the, the main rule book. Yeah. That's our goal is to have, um, yeah. so, uh, some familiar parts, some completely new, new characters, um, yeah. Um, two more questions. Um, and then we're going to move on to a couple of other important things.
2: Announcements and housekeeping. When and
3: where can I read the core rule book? That's a great question. That yeah. is a great In th- summer of 2020.
2: That
1: is a great. <laughs> co- uh, yeah. yeah. You didn't get it yet. Um, no, that is a great question that we cannot give a 100% accurate answer to the best Uh, we have a rough timeline. We, like we said, we just did our second revision round with the publisher, really tiny notes, really tiny notes. Hopefully should be a quick iteration. We have a final proofread. We've got uh, a few more steps in between um, there. We've got to toss it on Kickstarter and everything as well. Um, But may or June, may or June. That's what we're looking at. That is our, our hopeful, hopeful um, printing days is we got to talk to, the printers, which the publisher will do, so we'll kind of be um, not the middleman. The publisher will be the middleman on that, but that is the rough timeline we've been told. Is it's is, coming close? Yeah, uh, we are. We are grinding to it. Um, May or June of this year. Could you imagine if you decided to self-publish this through like Amazon publishing or something like that? Oh, it'd be an absolute nightmare. It'll be. I mean, it, it, once it prints, it's going to be available everywhere. Like you can get ebook off of Amazon, ebooks wherever you get ebooks from print-on-demand um we're i'm saying it right now i'm not even going to knock on wood we're going to get it in stores and stuff as well so yeah, Heck yeah. um it's going to be everywhere and then you can buy it straight from us from cons as well so because we'll be traveling around
2: speaking of con- one more
1: question just no, just cons, very last
2: i'm just like excited have, to get to my announcements
0: do we have an estimate as far as when the game's when we're going to be on kickstarter
1: we have been humming, and humming on kickstarter day for a really long time um it is a really daunting thing to do because i think that even as far as publishing goes like it's still in the future but the kickstarter is the next thing that is like the here and now and it's going to happen and i don't want to say like we're dragging our feet without picking like an official date or anything like that but it is a very daunting thing we've got to do so much research on it that i mean we're already doing research on it um it's but, say, but say like
2: the reason that you also want it close to release and date right. Yes, like
1: the reason why we want it close to snugged up once we have a really accurate release date is because so many tabletop games, board games, RPG games, what have you, even Kickstarters just in general, delay, 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 delay. Like, um, not to like call out them as an example, cause I know that this is going to be an amazing game, but the Hellboy 5e Kickstarter, I backed it when I was in New Zealand, when I just started my contract at Weta, which is we're coming up on two years next month. And it was funded in like less than a day. And I still don't have it. <laughs> and we don't want to come to the point where we get funded on Kickstarter. And then you don't see the book for another like two years. So all those delays that end up happening after something is successfully funded, we are trying to sort out and solve prior to actually launching on Kickstarter so that we can as quickly as possible to our backers, we, the game gets funded and the game ships. So if we are shipping and printing in either May or June, we need to sort out the rest of like our delays, the rest of the things happening with the book right now because the game is done. It's just in the publisher phases, um. So that's why we kind of are just gonna commit. We're gonna launch Kickstarter April first. That's our date. Uh, we'll have a
2: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That was a big announcement. <laughs> uh, yes, uh,
1: April first. Where we'll hopefully have a project page up a couple of weeks before that, so you can register interest, put your email on there. Um, but you'll be able to check it out. Um, our ideal is mid March project page launch April first. Run the campaign through April. And then you were printing in May, June is the dream um, scenario so that you have your book um, as soon as possible after backing it. Yay. Yeah. So long winded way to say it's happening. April 1st. April 1st. April 1st. (laughs) That is what the the date that we are committing to.
2: Woo. Okay. Uh,
1: I would like to thank everybody for sending in questions. Um, I'm going to rattle through. I'm sorry if I butcher anybody's name. Uh, Whitehall from Twitter. Brennan Morgan. Coach himself, Dawson, Ben, Dead Willie Guy from Instagram, Goochman from Discord, Echo from Discord, Storm Knight from Discord, and Anya. And and Officer Maddie as well. Anya from Discord. Officer Maddie. And Officer Maddie herself. Did I miss
2: anybody? I think that was everybody.
1: Thank you everybody for sending in your questions. Really Uh, appreciate it. We had a lot of fun answering them. Uh, The next Q&A will be the Season 1 wrap-up. Arc 6. What? arc six wrap up is it arc Arc five
2: five coming up arc
1: five i want to say arc five and for some reason i i thought i needed to bump one more number arc five and season one wrap up will be our next uh q a not a spoiler
2: (laughs) uh all right i have some housekeeping and some uh announcements as well i want to go over the cons that we are that match play games is scheduled to appear at so far appear at have a table at. Um, The first one is next weekend or this weekend coming up. uh, Match Play Games will be at Fan Expo at the Vancouver Convention Center. That's February 19th to the 21st uh, at. Yeah, in Vancouver, the Vancouver Convention Center. Um, If you want to buy tickets, uh, please, 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 please check out the uh, ticket link. That's either in all our social media bios or I'll put it in the show notes as well to this episode. uh, Because if you use that link, it'll help us with next year's uh, uh, exhibitor costs. That is always nice um we will also next sunday february 27th be at the vancouver comic and toy show that's at the peony Forum. tickets are available at the door both of these events you do need to be uh vaccinated and wearing a mask Uh, and so if you're in vancouver and you feel comfortable with it mask up and we'll see you this month and then the exciting announcement is, where are we going over the summer? Gen, Gen
0: Con. Con.
2: Woo! Match Play Games will be at Gen Con, which is?
0: India. Indianapolis.
1: August.
2: In Indianapolis, August 4th to the 7th.
1: I believe it's a Thursday to the Sunday. Um, right away, we want to say, whoever comes cosplayed as any of our characters um, to Gen Con. Uh, Gets a free copy the of the book. The first person will get a free copy of a book. If So, come to Gen Con. In cosplay, be prepared to get big hugs from Chad and I and um,
2: or air high fives, air
1: high fives, whatever you're comfortable with, pictures and um, yeah, first person we see that cosplay is one of our characters. Can I? I'd like um, to say first person each day. Yes. First yes. person. There you go. First person each day. You can't be the same person. But if you come <laughs> different
2: characters. That's ooh. that's effort. If you're spending that much money on cosplays for different characters on each four days, that's I think yeah. that's fair. You get four, four books. You could. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, we're super excited about it. Um, Gen Con was our goal. The dream. It was at the very beginning, and we're so excited that we got accepted. Uh, We're going to be in Entrepreneur's Row. Um, I think Entrepreneur's Avenue. Or Avenue? Is it Avenue? Something like that.
1: No, no, that's Gen Con. uh, So the the story with Entrepreneur's Avenue or whatever it's called is they take a, a very small number of brand new companies every year. And um, they put them in kind of a we've been told featured spot. I don't know if featured means like off stage, <laughs> right? Like somewhere in the back or something like that. But uh, essentially, <laughs>
2: outside what the we've bathroom, been told is some uh, really high traffic. Uh, a a just featured like the spot of
1: <laughs> small new indie companies that it's their first time there. So it's really awesome for people to come out and support and um, buy as many of our books as possible, please. <laughs>
0: But you know what? We'll have the books there. We'll have uh, some other exciting surprises that uh, we'll be releasing in the next little while uh, of things coming up. So lots of fun stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and lastly, we are taking part in Wava's Streaming for Survivors event again this year. The Curfew Crew is coming back. <laughs> uh, Streaming for Survivors is an awesome event. It will be going for a week long, March 20th to the 26th. Our stream will be on March 26th at 1 p.m. PST. Uh, is is coming back to be Velocity. Uh, Screech is Daniel. Um
1: Seance. Seance Dance. is
2: Amanda. Jack's got a new guy. This
1: is actually my first time ever playing playing <laughs> not GMing on air, I think, I, Legends. Yeah. I swear if you pull out some secret rules, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've completely min-maxed my character.
2: You still haven't I sent me your stats yet. No, I so. actually haven't made my character
1: yet, <laughs> and <laughs> I know I've the been name.
2: I'm upset about it. Um. So yeah. So that will be happening then. And I, uh, if you want to listen to, uh, it will be a little bit of a continuation on from the last during for sur- survivors that we did camp powers. So you can either listen to that in the in our like podcast backlog, or um, I'm also going to be like restreaming it, like doing a replay of it at some point during the week on our twitch um if you want to if you'd rather watch it instead of listen to it also put on youtube probably just so people can have access to it in all the ways if they would like ahead of time yeah i think that's everything for that we'll have the donation link up pretty quick it might even be in the show notes now so you can check i don't know (laughs) yeah uh other housekeeping i think that's it
0: thank you so much for uh for listening you guys uh to everybody out there we really really appreciate it um, please tell a friend. Don't forget to uh, leave a good review. If you haven't left a review, we'd love to see those.
2: Reviews are very helpful for podcasts. So go leave a review for us and then all your other favorite shows as well.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. We appreciate
1: it.
2: Uh, and Jack, how many names do you need for this arc coming up?
1: I don't know. 50. Need... I need a f- I need as many fucking names as possible.
2: <laughs> Excellent. So go tweet using hashtag the Legends cast and Jack will name an NPC after you. Yep. Uh, I think that's everything. All right. Don't forget to like, share, download, comment, all that jazz. And until next time, stay stay vigilant. vigilant.
0: Thank you for listening to Legends, A Superhero Story. If you like the show, tell your friends. And if you don't, tell your enemies. We can't lose either way.
2: The easiest way to support the show is to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the legends cast.
3: Head to thelegendscast.threadless.com to check out our heroic merch.
2: Join our Discord to hang out with the cast. Just click the link in the show description.
1: Last but not least, make sure to give us a follow on social media at the Cast. Don't forget to review, follow, share, and subscribe. See you next week.